This podcast is brought to you by Alliance Motor Auctions. Has your car shit itself? Then you've got to go with Alliance. It's the easiest way to buy a quality car at a very competitive price. Located in Moorbank, New South Wales. Call 02-9822-7200 or visit www.allianceauctions.com.au South Coast Window Furnishings. Have your window furnishings shit themselves? Then you've got to get in touch with SCWF. They service the south coast of New South Wales from Wollongong to Bermagui. Give Jamie a call for a free quote on 0408 812 007 or like them on Facebook at South Coast Window Furnishings. Elite Sports Physiotherapy. Has your back or another part of your body shit itself? Then look no further than ESP. Established in 2006, Elite Sports Physiotherapy provides physiotherapy and massage services to the people of Melbourne. Located on the mezzanine level, 13-15-1 Freshwater Place in Southbank, Melbourne. Give them a call on 03-8640-0328 or visit elitesportsphysio.com.au today. Also, special thanks to verse.com.au for putting the finishing touches on this podcast. Cheers. Hello there. Hope you're well. Cheers for tuning in to episode 14. My guest this week is Australian comedy quadruple threat Susie Youssef. After starting out in improv, Susie has since gone on to add sketch, acting and stand-up comedy to her repertoire. And she goes all right at all four. This is Taking It Easy with Daniel Connell. Susie Youssef, thanks for taking it easy with me today. How are you? I'm very well, thank you, Daniel Connell. How are you? I'm very well, thanks. Here we are in Coogee in Sydney. It is bloody beautiful. It is a lovely day today. Uh, thanks for joining me on the podcast. Uh, now, you come over to me today because Sydney is your... Hood. Hood, right. Yes. So, you were born and raised in Sydney? I was. Whereabouts? Uh, up northwest in Eastwood is where yeah. I was born. Channel 7 used to be there. That was our claim to fame. Right. Not anymore. It's gone. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, yeah, there's a huge, um, huge studio up there. Um, I was actually born in Carlingford, if I'm being honest. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. What, what sort of, do you remember what sort of shows were shot at those studios there? I think. Agro um, or anything like that? Yeah, maybe Agro, but I think like early All Saints and a lot oh. of news and stuff what? like that. Yeah. All Saints? Yeah, a bit of All Saints because they were, they used to film at Concord Hospital, which is not far ah. from there. Yeah. Did you ever go and try and get. In the back back of a scene or anything? I try used to try and get in the back of the home and away scenes that were that were <laughs> that happened um down oh, it's called Piss Fountain. Well it's not called Piss Fountain, but it's uh, the fountain. Are you saying peace or piss? Piss. <laughs> As in Eastwood had like a urine problem with a, a fountain <laughs> in the middle of the mall. And they used to sometimes film in the car parks and stuff there. So um yeah. A bit of home and away. It's mostly filmed up in Palm Beach. <laughs> Ask me anything yeah. about locations. Yeah. But yeah. It was a fun um, place to grow up. Just quickly back to Piss Fountain. Yes. Um, were, were people pissing in the fountain? Is that how it got its name? It was, or? Na- it, was notor- it was known as the place where people would piss. Yeah. So, in like, I never saw anyone piss in it, but mm. everyone just called it Piss Fountain. Damn. Like, we would say, uh, can I go and meet Kate down at Piss Fountain? <laughs> and mum would be like, yes. <laughs> like, no, bat an eyelid. <laughs> <laughs> They're bad. Like, fountain. obviously, you probably wouldn't go in there anyway, go in that water no, of a no. fountain at a mall. No. But a friend of mine felt this is for anyone who ever thinks about swimming in more fountains in the Don't future. Do it. Yeah. My friend jumped in one drunk once <gasps> and he had a cut on his arm from football. 
and his arm the next day was the size, like twice the size. Oh, just yuck. got infected instantly, and he was yeah, he was in hospital for quite a long time. So, so this be wary. Public service announcement. <laughs> <laughs> be wary of piss fountain, everybody. Um, now we have a couple of things in common. Ah. Uh, we both uh, similar age, and yes. we both have sisters that we grew up with. True that. Only difference being, I grew up with two. Mm-hmm. You grew up with five. Yes. That just blows I my win. mind. Yeah, yeah. I win, Daniel. Yeah. How is that? Growing up with five sisters. Well, I don't know any differently. Yeah, I, 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 I guess that. But like, where, did you have one bathroom in you? We had so the I've lived in a few houses, a few family homes because my my grandfather was a builder. Right. So the first house, the, the house I was born in, was like a Spanish influenced. We had like <laughs> red couches and a matador on the wall and stuff like right. that. I don't know why he chose that, but we did. And in that house, we had two bathrooms. And I'm the second youngest, so I used to, you know, it's in order of who can bully you the hardest yes. and so the older ones win. Uh, yeah, it, it's a bit rough, especially like when you get to teenagehood and then you start getting hormonal and stuff like that. Mm. I remember it, it, there being some fiery arguments. Like yeah. mostly we would just try and destroy each other emotionally, not <laughs> like we didn't rumble or anything. Did you fight with your sisters? Well, both my sisters did judo, so oh, shit. they – Beat the shit out of me oh, really? consistently. Yeah, when I was like smaller, they like my sister put me into a, a plaster wall in our in our hallway at home. Oh my god! And she like was wrestling me, and then just threw me over her shoulder, and, and like just put a huge dent in the plaster wall. And it was nighttime, and Dad just had a torch because he'd taken the dog out to the toilet, and he just came in, put the torch light on the dent, and just went right. <laughs> so they didn't let you do judo. I d- I hated it. I okay. was yeah. I, I couldn't. I couldn't. Yeah, you were probably yeah. triggered. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Flashbacks, yeah. So I did they're older than you? Yeah, both okay. older, yeah. So they, they really yeah, yeah, threw me around for, <laughs> until I sort of got a bit bigger when I was sort of 12 or 13. Because you're – like how tall are you now? 6'5". Uh, yeah, yeah, so like no one's messing with you now. No, no, they can't throw me anymore thankfully. <laughs> but uh, they'd probably try after a couple of drinks if they wanted to. No, we, um, never, we never really got physical. Like and even – I mean, so yeah, we grew up in the same era. Um, like my my dad used to like twist our ears or like threaten us by undoing <laughs> his belt and then putting it back on and we'd run. Uh, but I don't remember really getting hit. I remember only one time getting hit. <laughs> I don't know why I'm telling you this. Um, my mum pulled off a plastic shoe. She used to clean the bathrooms wearing plastic shoes and she belted me so hard on my thigh that the nine from the bottom of her shoe, what? I could see it when she <laughs> took it off. <laughs> That is good. And I remember saying, I'm going to tell everyone. Yeah, <laughs> you got the proof. Yeah. The size nines. Uh, how did your dad go in a house? Does he talk about that much? He's – um. so I've spoken about this a fair bit in my like stand-up or whatever. My, my dad is a really emotionally available human. Right. So he's like whenever anything went wrong, we'd talk to dad before we spoke to mum mm. because mum was always – mum always took the side of whoever we were fighting with. <laughs> she was like, well, you can see it from their perspective. And we'd be like, why didn't you just stand up for me? But dad was a re- really sensitive man, really kind human, like probably the kindest human I've ever met. Right. It's definitely ruined me for all future relationships. <laughs> Um, he's just such a good dude. Like he grew up in a really strict household. His grandmother lived with um, with his family and she was rough, like yeah. really rough. Yeah. Did he grow up in Australia? He was born in Lebanon but he yeah. came out when he was four. Right. Um, he flew out here yeah. and mum's family also came out when she was five but um, they came by boat. Wow. And so I think there's a little bit, <laughs> little bit of tension there. I think he thinks he's better than – no, yeah. he doesn't. He would never say that. Do you reckon they had a preconceived plan though without you and your sister's knowledge that your mum would play bad cop and your dad would play good cop? Do you reckon they might have made that deal early on? Um, 
I don't think they made that deal. I think that when dad got to know mum better, because they only dated for three months before they got married. Oh. So yeah. I think as soon as they started having kids, which was immediately, um, <laughs> I think that dad just went, oh, I will have to play good cop because she is bad cop. <laughs> like he just assumed the role. Otherwise, it would have yeah. been a pretty crazy household. Yeah, yeah. Um, so no fighting, that's good. No physical fighting. No, no. A lot of like borrowing clothes when you knew the other person wanted to wear them. Like a lot yeah. of – it's emotional manipulation. Yeah. yeah. And was there a lot of uh, sort of whispers behind backs to get favours from other pe- – you know, yep. sort of gang up on one person? There was alliances. Yeah. There yeah, still yeah. are. Yeah, like the big brother totally <laughs> so, And like we <laughs> – you only tell certain sisters yeah. about other sisters because we know how it will get back to each other. <laughs> but everything kind of levelled out. My younger sister, Anne, who's five years younger than me, when she kind of got to uni, so everything levelled out. So that's out. a big gap. I had a bit Massive of a, gap. Yeah. I hated her growing up. Yeah. Absolutely hated her. Poor kid, totally copped it. I was just telling a friend about it this morning. <laughs> so how old was your older sister when? She was 14. Sister? Right. Yeah. yeah. Well, That's- 14 and a half, yeah. Yeah. Because she's 10 years older than me. Right. So, yeah, in 14 years they had six kids. Every other year <laughs> they had a kid, except <laughs> Dan. Um And mum has horrific childbirth stories. Like she nearly oh. died in childbirth a bunch of times. Well, and just kept coming back. Just kept. Oh, it's, I think it's that Catholic thing where they yeah, didn't really. That's tough. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. You, yeah. You know, like you, yeah. She's if she's gone through a couple of those. Yeah. She's not to be messed with. But Anne was the worst, so that's why they stopped. Also, she was like forty. Right. Yeah. <laughs> yeah okay. Yeah. Uh, and is your mum now like the? You know, you don't mess with your mum. Is that the? Um. Yeah. You don't mess. Well, I mean that. There's no point. She wins. Yeah, yeah. Basically. <laughs> she wins arguments, she wins discussions, so you just don't mess with her. Yeah. She's getting quirkier and funnier in her old age, which is really nice. I just remember being so scared of her as a kid. <laughs> Did you mingle with a lot of Lebanese families growing up in the Eastwood area? Um, <laughs> no, we were the token Lebanese right. family of Eastwood. There was one others, which, and they were my cousins. But we, we've got, I've got a huge extended family, but they used to live kind of out towards Bankstown and, and Blacktown and stuff like right, that. Yeah. So in Eastwood and Carlingford in the early like 80s, 90s, we – like I always remember in church, we looked like babushka dolls in church. Like, we would just <laughs> take up a full row. We were all like perfect um, like descending heights. Yeah. Uh, and there was like – there was a Sri Lankan family and there was us and other, and so, occasionally my cousins would be at the same service as us and then we would just look around and there, everyone else was white. Yeah. And it was like I, – I just thought that was normal. Like yeah, that's yeah. just how it was. And it wasn't until I went to high school and then uni that I was like, oh, there's heaps of different people in the world. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Where did you go to high school? I went to high school in Parramatta. Okay. So which, that's, yeah, which that's was at further rough. west and yeah. then, yeah, a little bit um, – Rougher, although the school was not very rough. Everywhere around the school was like a fortress, and everywhere around the school was terrifying when I went to high school. Yeah. Um, there was a guy who used to throw raw chicken at us at the bus stop. <laughs> yeah, it was really full on. And we used to have to drive through we, the, our bus, the 545, went through Dundas Valley, which is notorious. It was, it's like cleaned up a lot, but it was kind of the heroin capital of the West. Oh. And so you'd often get kind of addicts jumping on the bus and fighting with each other and like trying to beat each other up. And then you'd tell mum and dad when you get home, they'd be like, well, they've got a worse life than you. And you'd be like, yeah, but. <laughs> <laughs> drive me to school. Can you drive me to school, please? <laughs> So far, they probably start picking them up though in the car. You I know, know. Just to prove a point. Bloody know. Christians! Uh, when did performing start coming into your? I actually, 
in high school when I was 15. I don't think I've ever told you this, Daniel no. Connell. When I was 15, um, I was in a maths class, but my maths teacher wasn't there. And my and the relief teacher said to me, because I used to write a lot of poetry and enter poetry competitions at school. Really? Yeah. Where, 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 you just had a bit of a... You had a knack for it or just... Oh, I was just angsty. Yeah. Angsty and sad. <laughs> yeah. And I used to write it all down. Um, but the, the relief teacher that was in my math class said, oh, Susan, you write plays, don't you? And I was like, yeah. Never read a play. <laughs> didn't know what they were. And she said, oh, there's a competition at the Riverside Theatres. You should enter it. And so, I spent the whole lesson writing this application and I ended up like winning mm. and I got to write a play for the Riverside Theatre when oh. I was 15. They put it on. They hired NIDA what? actors. Like basically the New South Wales government <laughs> in 1999 spent way too much money on this project. Yeah. Like they just gave this particular project heaps of cash. And so four plays were put on with professional actors. Did you see any of the door take or is that a part of the – No, no, no. It was all part of – like <laughs> I mean <laughs> – it was all my extended family. Yeah. Like right. genuinely yeah. the opening night. There was I think it was six nights and the first night was just like little Lebanon in yeah. Parramatta. It was very <laughs> funny. Um but that was my first kind of like that's when I dipped my toe in the water for kind of yeah. performing in theatre. Although I, I just wrote it. I wasn't in it. I just watched it from the back and it was so exciting. What do you remember what it was about? Yeah. Oh, of course you remember what it was. It was called about. Club Insomnia. <laughs> It was about. It was basically the <laughs> Breakfast Club, but at night. Oh, nice. yeah. So I was yeah. obsessed with the Breakfast Club yeah. growing up. Great film. So good. Um, and then that's yeah. So I just it was about these kids who couldn't sleep, and then they all go to this camp, and then they do all these weird therapies like milk therapy because milk has soporific qualities <laughs> and all this stuff. It was really fucking weird, um, and not very good. But it, I was just got lucky. What did your mum and dad think? They were very happy, and then at the end of the process, they said, "Now, no more of that." <laughs> No yeah, really? so I wasn't allowed to do any theatre stuff until <laughs> I left uni. Wow. Yeah. Uh, do you remember if any of the actors from NIDA went on to bigger and better things? Yeah, actually. Not that, not I'm saying that wasn't their highlight. I mean, I'm sure it was. Point. I think that it was downhill for all of them. From <laughs> <there>. <laughs> um, No, one of the – I definitely remember – like a couple of them got on to do great things. Um, probably the most famous is Karen Pang, who's on Play School now. Oh, yeah. Yeah. yeah great. And she's awesome. I don't know if she'd even remember it because mm. it was probably – a tiny speck of dust on her resume, but um, I remember looking at them being like, these are real actors. Mm. Like, I was so excited about it. It'd be great if she was spotted by ABC or someone. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I, I am going to take credit for yeah. her career. Thank <laughs> yeah. you. I will. Yeah, she was actually in my play. Yeah, yeah. yeah she was ago. in that. You remember Club Insomnia yeah. at the Parramatta <laughs> Riverside, 1999? <laughs> <laughs> Ran for yeah, six nights. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> So, you weren't allowed to do that then for… No, they got scared. I understand now. At the time, I was like, they hate me and they don't want me to be successful. Mm. But they actually did want me to be successful. So, they were like, please stick, clear of the arts. Um, <laughs> but they got re- they were really worried, I think as well, because they knew how much I wanted to. I mean, I said things like, I want to drop out of school and go to New York. And they're like, yeah. no. Um, <laughs> they did let me drop maths because it was very clear. I was terrible at maths. Yeah. And dad's an accountant, so he was very disappointed. Okay. All the other sisters were very good at maths. So they let me get out of that and I had to take three unit English, but they were just not happy about me doing performance or writing because right. they were scared. So no other sister had any interest in performing arts? They're all all of my sisters are funnier and smarter than I am, <laughs> but none of them have the like ridiculous confidence that I had when I was a kid. Right. Yeah. That's that's uh confidence is key though when it comes to that stuff. Misplaced confidence. Yeah. <laughs> so when uh so improv was the first Yeah sort of so, I obeyed my parents' wishes yeah. and I went to uni and I started to study to be a history teacher 
I was very, I was miserable. And a friend of mine took me to a theatre sports gig at the Enmore Theatre. Wow. And her family had done it for years. It was like they, they loved it. I had never seen it before. I was like, I genuinely don't know what's going on. Mm. And they had all these guest stars, like Anthony LaPaglia was there and he, he like got up and did some guest spot on it. Whoa. And I was like, what are all these? It was incredible. Um, and she said, oh, they do courses. You should do it. And so I took a semester off uni to do an improv course and just find myself. <laughs> uh, and then, yeah, that was like 2004 and I didn't go back to uni. Wow. So at the end of my course, I got offered to do to teach workshops to kids in Singapore. And so I got a passport and I went to Singapore in 2005 and then I just kept going. That's yeah. crazy. Yeah, so, it was insane. Wait, so, how far into your, co- your university teaching degree were you? I was two and a half years in. Yeah, right. Uh, what did your parents think about that? They were you? not happy. <laughs> but I think they, they knew that I was pretty – like mum was furious and dad was like, oh, you know, maybe take a year off and see how you go if you want to mm. go back. I really loved the history side of it. I could study history forever, but the education side was really depressing. Mm. Like if you – did you go to uni? No, no, I, I, I finished school and did a chefing. Oh, did course. you? Yeah, regret it. <laughs> <laughs> Are you a good cook now? Uh, I, yeah, I can, but I don't. Like, no. I'm not interested in it. No. Um, yeah, I lost my interest to, doing five years in a kitchen, yeah. Yeah. Mm. So I think that's a similar thing. It's like I went into history lectures, uh, into education lectures and stuff like that, and I was like, no, nah, I don't want to do paperwork mm. for the rest of my life. And it's I also a way to find out what you don't want to do. Yeah, and I, I, I really think it's so hard to know what you want to do. Heaps of my friends are lawyers, and they hate that they're lawyers, but they right. just started studying law. Mm. You know, like they watched The Rainmaker or something <laughs> in high school, and then they all became lawyers. Yeah. Is there much pressure from like in you know Lebanese like culture? Is that from your parents? Is that do you have your cousins? Are they all you know told to? They're all so, total dropkicks. No, they're not. <laughs> is it? Yeah, you sort of, you know, you got to get your, your degree and. There's a little bit of that. I think that I, I struck gold with having a, the kind of dad that I have in yeah. that he's a really measured, understanding human who would kind of hear you out. And uh, like, despite the fact, I mean, if I had a 15 year old daughter who wanted to go to New York and be a playwright, <laughs> I think I probably would have had the same reaction. Um, but I think when I got to uni and they realized that I just wasn't really cut out for it and that I, I was, you know, a really stubborn human being who wasn't going to do well. Like yeah. I would I would have failed uni just to spite them right. and I think they knew that. But I think there's a little bit of that pressure. I, like my cousins are all pretty successful people but across the board, like it's not – it wasn't as much about academics as it was being successful at whatever you were doing. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. So they'll sort of push you for a certain amount of time but yeah. it's you being happy is kind of the end. For, end yeah, for dad, yeah. 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 Oh, for dad, yeah. Yeah, for dad, yeah. <laughs> and also when you've got um when you've got five siblings you can't you can't put all of your attention on the one that's fucking up like mm. you, you kind of go with whichever you try yeah. to help them as much as you can but you've got yeah. to stretch your attention across them all so yeah. so you got away with it a bit then. i got away with it a little <laughs> bit I, I feel like i did yeah yeah so you, you you go to singapore so i go to singapore for a few weeks like it's just this little trip i didn't even have a passport so i got a passport go to singapore with a bunch of people uh, teach some workshops, do some shows, drank a Red Bull that kept me up for 48 hours. Nice. Is uh, it had something in it that Australian Red Bull doesn't have? Yes. Right. Do you, did we have them when we went on tour, Red Bulls? I remember them We being had normal there. Red Bulls, but we yeah. didn't have the short um, gold cans. Ah, uh, no. Yeah. No. So, there's, I, I think it's speed. I'm pretty sure it's speed. <laughs> but I stayed up, I was, was awake for 48 hours with heart yeah. palpitations. God. Time of my life. (laughs) And then I got back and I started doing um, improv shows and I just hung out at Sydney Uni. 
Like I just – I didn't attend it. I just met all these other kids that did theatre sports and hung out at Sydney Uni until they asked me to be in a sketch troupe. Right. Yeah. And and do you remember what that was called? It was The Delusionists. Great. <laughs> we went to Melbourne Comedy Festival. We did two seasons there. They had done one before. What years was that? 2006 and 2007, right. I think, or seven and eight. In 2006, I took an improv show and then after that did um, a couple of sketch shows. But, oh, God, Sydney Uni was like – I got really lucky. I was temp. My dad was. Uh, uh, he took some time off accounting, and he was a recruitment officer. So I used to do temp work at. I've been, I have worked at every office in Sydney. <laughs> like I have done. I have done at least a couple of weeks at nearly every office. I know yeah. all the business parks. <laughs> and so while I was just temping around the place and earning kind of good money for a someone who just dropped out of uni, I was just doing theatre sports all the time. Like whenever yeah. I could, I would never let them. I'd never take a job that on a Thursday so that I could go to lunchtime theatre sports. <laughs> Such an idiot. So how how does theatre sports work? Is it so it's a group of you and then you put on a show. Yeah. Is it a weekly show? So it was a yeah. Well, lunchtime theatre sports at Sydney Uni was teams against each other. So it's usually four people in a team. There's yeah. all these set games. Mm-hmm. So you've got the format of whatever you're going to do, but then you get an ask for from the audience, like a location okay. or whatever. Yeah. And then you go from there. And, and e- yeah, each team has a go. Yeah, the and then there's sco- judges. Or- well, the, either the audience judges like with a clapper meter, or if we were organised, there were three judges, and yeah. they would score out of five. Yeah, yeah, and like people, the um the alumni from Sydney Uni is insane. The the theatre sports alumni. Mm. It's like Adam Spencer and Rob Carlton and Ed Cavalier and all these people oh, right. who've gone on to be yeah. highly successful. <laughs> Susie Yeah, because I didn't attend the uni. At one point, um, they asked me to come back for a like this big dinner and I was like, I never attended. And they were like, why are you here? <laughs> I was never enrolled. And, and I find I did a little bit of improv this year. At the, actually, I can't even say Yes, that you I did can. Improv. What did you do? I, I just did that snort. With, it's not even. Oh, it's awesome. It's not, I did snort with friends, which is a great New Zealand yeah, yeah. crew of comedians and improvisers. Yeah, they do that show at the comedy festival and I just had to go into a one minute to two minute monologue yeah. from words from the crowd. And it was fun, but it was it was like <laughs> it was mentally taxing for me. Yeah, like, yeah. Thinking about it and thinking, oh, I don't really do much stuff off the cuff. Yeah. Do you find you were just naturally good at it? It seems like something it would take a. For me, I feel like it would take me a long time to feel completely comfortable. Yeah, I don't think you feel. I don't think you ever feel comfortable. I think you're just a bunch of nerdy maniacs who like. (laughs) Like, why would you not write it down? I remember the first time I ever saw theatre sports going. Why don't they plan it? Like, (laughs) if you've got good ideas, why are you putting yourself under so much pressure? Like, it didn't make any sense to me at all. But then the the best thing about it is if you find someone great to play with. And you're on the same page, or or even if they surprise you, but you get along really well, then you make up some stuff that you could never plan when you're sitting mm. down in a room or whatever. Um, the snort kids are amazing. Yeah, yeah and the, the first time I saw them, I was like, "That's that's kind of the best improv I've seen in a really yeah, long time." Right. So is that what theatre sports was kind of like? What they do? In what they do is is like kind of short and long form improv, but it, but it doesn't have a game around it. Right. So they're doing it all off the inspiration of the. Monologist. Yeah. <laughs> this sounds so fancy. Yeah. Um, no, so theatre sports is like you, you play like a scene, but every line of, of the scene has to start with a different letter of the alphabet, in, like chronologically. Oh. It's all this, like, and it is, it's a different part of your brain that you have to, like, what I did when I did Whose Line, name drop. Um, <laughs> it was, we had to go through boot camp to, to speed up your reaction time and things like that. Oh. It's, in, it's, yeah, it's pretty yeah. full on. 
Yeah, all right. Very, very interesting. Do you, do you think theatre sports, is it still going at Sydney Uni now? Yeah, yeah, still, yeah. It still happens yeah. at Sydney Uni. I think New South Wales Uni had it. When I was I went to Macquarie Uni, they had it there. I used to just watch from the back and be like, this is the worst thing ever. It's so scary. <laughs> I did. I hated the thought of it. But, yeah, it's – I, I kind of got into it a little bit in the in the period between seeing a theatre sports show for the first time and dropping out of uni. I really got into it in a like fascinated. How does this thing work? And you just yeah. don't get it until you do it. Mm. There's not much to get. It's just a whole <laughs> bunch of kids making shit up. You're listening to Taking It Easy with Daniel Connell. Right, so then, so then from uh, improv you went into sketch, yep. then acting, then stand-up. Kind of acting and stand-up happened around the same time. So I, I did, through theatre sports I met a bunch of my mates who, you know, started different troops and, and things like that. Like I met um, the Axis of Awesome, yep. uh, Lee Namo was, and, and Jordan Ruskoblis were kind of the first two people that I had met that went on to do other things. And then I became their tour manager So I went over to Edinburgh with them for three years and and did stuff here. I mean, I say tour manager, which is a very big title for the shit kicking that I did. (laughs) I just handed out flyers and hung out with them mostly. Um, And it was really fun. But, yeah, all this kind of – as soon as you branch off just slightly, like you go to Edinburgh and then you see a sketch or whatever, you can't help but want to do more of that stuff. So I went into – I did more and more production stuff and then ended up booking the comedy store. I was the booker at the comedy store for a bit. (laughs) And the more stand-up that I would see, the more I was like, oh, I really want to – I really want to do that. Yeah. There's definitely a crossover, isn't there? Yeah. There's something there. three sort of acting. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Did you find when you started uh, like the sketch, obviously the sketch must have been quite comfortable for you. I loved sketch, After what you'd done with improv. Because you're knowing what you're going to say. Yeah, <laughs> exactly. But I was a bit undisciplined. So, because I, I was like, oh, we'll be fine if we make it up as well. It, they kind of feed into each other in both good and bad ways. So, we yeah. would plan stuff and it would be great. But then if I'd get a laugh for doing something different on the night. And like, we were all yeah. pretty similar. We'd all come from improv backgrounds. Then, you know, the show would get longer <laughs> and then people would start getting very pissed off. Um, but yeah, sketch and improv, I feel like there's there's a very natural leap yeah. from one to the other. Yeah. Um, Acting, I think, is the hardest thing. I'm not. I am not a very good actor or a very good stand-up comedian, but I think both of those skills are really impressive to look. Like I, I was so impressed by them, and I really wanted to be good, but I'm still not very good at either. Oh, you go all right. So oh, mate. Yeah. I mean, nah. What, is this what your mum and dad said? To you? <laughs> yeah, yeah. I'm just reading what they've told me to remind myself every morning. <laughs> I send you an email. Every you day. are bad. <laughs> So acting was the thing you did first or stand-up? Uh, oh, it kind of happened at the same time. So I met a guy called Benedict at Sydney Uni. And Cumberbatch. He, Cumberbatch. Yeah. Uh, you might have heard of him. Yeah. <laughs> uh, he, um, he wanted to write a play called The Boat People. Okay. And I don't know why he chose me to say, be involved in it. Here? Could have I... been my old brown <laughs> face. <laughs> um, but it was a really good story. And so I kind of went into a development with him uh, and then played this – Iraqi refugee who mm. comes to Australia and becomes a businesswoman and then she has political aspirations and she ends up becoming the Prime Minister of Australia. Oh, like great. it's kind of crazy. Uh, but it was a really funny, dark script. And Willa, do you know Willa Rimia? He was on um, uh, like Aaron Chen Tonight and stuff like that. Oh, yes. He's a bit of yeah. a rascal. Yeah. He and I played husband and wife. We're very believably either husband and wife or brother and sister. <laughs> um, and we had a ball doing it and that, that really spurred me on acting-wise. Yeah. 
Um, but at the same time, I started to do solo shows. So I, I did my first ever show, which was called Schedule Chocolate, <laughs> which was like part stand-up, part solo sketch. Yeah. Uh, and definitely based on the pun of sexual chocolate, which was Eddie Murphy's band, Incoming to America. <laughs> like maybe uh, – there was maybe one person every night who got that reference. Right. Yeah. That's all you need. Uh, and that was just you? Just solo? That was just me. Just yeah. Right. My first ever solo show. Yeah. And how many nights did you do that? I did a full run at Sydney Fringe and then a full run at um, in a Melbourne Comedy Festival. Right. It's my first ever one. So what at year the was Pizza that? Room. Um, 2014. Great. Yeah. The yeah. pizza room. Yeah. It's dead now, isn't it? They put a list in there, unfortunately. Yeah, yeah. I think that's all they could fit in it. <laughs> it was just the elevator. It was a good little room. It was a great stairs. room. I loved it. What? Yeah. I don't, never knew why. This is at the Forum Theatre in Melbourne. Yeah, yeah. I don't know why. What was a pizza reference? I never. There was a pizza oven at the back of it. Like okay. I used to sit, <laughs> honestly, I used to sit on the ledge of the pizza oven before I went on stage. Did you ever fire it up? And I was so tempted, man. And your family Got hungry down. every night. <laughs> yeah. Get the cooker going. So stand up. So, the yeah, stand-up kind of came out of that. Yeah, right. And you started doing – just booking yourself at the store and stuff like that. <laughs> I, <laughs> I left I, – I only booked the store for a year um, and then I got sick of young male comedians messaging me for coffees and then asking for spots and I was yeah. like, gross. Um, <laughs> but I, it, was, it was a really good experience. <laughs> I know. You can just imagine how gross that would have been. But most – I think I got spurred on – at the time I was living with two Kiwi guys, one an angel, the other an asshole. And the oh. asshole used to tell me all the time, don't ever try stand-up. He was like, oh, it's good that you're booking it, but don't ever try it because women aren't funny. And I was like, oh, for wow. God's sake. Um, so – How did you meet these people? <laughs> well, the, I, the other guy was a friend of a friend who was really nice, but I didn't even meet the, the second housemate until I moved in. Oh. It was like a, a bit of a rushed – Situation. Um, Sounds like he lit a fire in your belly, though. He really did, mm. and he takes credit for it now. He he did a one eighty, and we are really good friends, and he comes oh. to shows now. <laughs> but at the time, he used to we used to. I used to drink a lot, and I used to yell at him a lot. <laughs> but when I was sober, I was so shy around yeah. him. So I used to just wait until I was drunk enough to be like, "I can do whatever I want." <laughs> Yeah, he was a – I mean, in a way, it, it's – I'm thankful to him because I would never have started it. I, mm. I definitely started to prove a point. Mm. Do you remember where you had your first gig of stand-up where you just got up and did pre-written jokes? Yep. Yeah? Uh, have you ever done the Manly Boat Shed? I've heard of it. I've never been over there though. Yep. It, notoriously, people would throw glass at you when you got on stage. Oh. It didn't happen to me that night but I blacked <laughs> out. So I got on stage and I had so much adrenaline – that I don't remember the set at all. I had two mates. One guy um, who I went to primary school with came because he lived in Manly and he saw my name on the board and he came along <laughs> and he said, he goes, no, you did all your lines and stuff. He goes, but then you went white right at the end. And I was like, yeah, because I got off stage and vomited immediately. Oh, it's the scariest thing I've ever done in my whole life. I find that interesting. That I you, hated it. I find it interesting that you, because I remember my first gig, I had no improv or sketch. I had never, t- I'd never taken a microphone out of the stand wow. up until I took it out of the stand. Where was that? In Canberra, a thing called Green Faces, an old competition they used to run. And I remember walking to this the stand and thinking, I've never taken a microphone out of the stand. Oh, I wow. don't know how to do this on the night, like yeah, as yeah. I was going to start. So. I thought maybe doing all those the improv and sketch. No, I think stand up's just a different, um, totally different skill. Mm. I don't know why it, it was such a leap for me mentally, but I think because I kind of respected it more, or mm. I, I didn't quite understand the mechanics of it. I was never a very good joke. I'm still not a very good joke writer. I'm more of a story person, and Did I you- thought, oh, they, they they all think that I think that I'm funny. <laughs> 
And it just was really scary. Did you had you been worded up that glasses could come at you at some yeah, point? Yeah, yeah. Okay, also, so um, that's not great. No, to, no, no. You, they, whoever they should have kept that from you. They I think. really should have yeah. because I was genuinely scared. And I even had a, I even had audience interaction in it. Like I brought someone up on stage and did a thing because <laughs> that's what I was more used to. Yeah. Um, but after that gig, I decided that I would have to start taking charcoal tablets or something so I wouldn't vomit every time I did stand up. And how long did you <laughs> did that for take- like a year? Oh wow! Yeah, I spoke to a doctor and I was like, every time I get on stage to do stand up, I feel like I want to vomit, and then I do vomit after the gigs. And she was like, oh well, you can trick your body a little bit by, yeah. you know, like charcoal tablets absorb everything in your stomach, and so I started doing that. And it worked. Yeah, for a little while. Wow. Yeah. That's gen. Yeah, I, I've I've heard of football players spew. They, a lot of football players will spew before a game. Yeah. From the adrenaline, probably yeah. like the rush of it, yeah. or it leaving you, I think. Yeah, yeah. So you, your guts are fine now. Post. Oh, they're all right. <laughs> <laughs> I was just thinking when we went on. We so we went on roadshow last. It was last year. Last year, this time last year. And my my nickname on Words with Friends, which we played quite a bit, was <laughs> Gut Bug. because <laughs> <Yeah. laughs> I got quite sick. You did. Well, yeah. we all got a little. We bit all got a little bit sick. Yeah. We went through uh, Singapore, Hong Kong, and Malaysia, and Malaysia. for Melbourne comedy. Festival Roadshow. Had a ball, did get very sick. Yeah. Everybody yeah. sort of got tapped got at something. one point. Yeah. yeah. Um, and when I got back, I got violently ill. Oh, really? On the, on the flight back as well. Yeah. Knocked me down for – I reckon it took me months to get over that. Like just – Yeah. Whatever's over there, Aussie guts don't. They don't handle it. Yeah. Did you trouble. actually have a bug, do you think? Yeah, I came back. I picked something up on the plane, I think. Yeah. I think I drank water f- from the tap. Yeah. It, in Singapore, in Singapore, before mm. we got on that final flight, yeah, yep. and that was the the clincher. That was the end of me. Mm. Yeah, clinchers. Yeah, I wish I was clinched. I was not. <laughs> <laughs> uh, and, f- and fast forward to now. Yeah, right, we're sitting here, 2018. Um, you're very much a triple threat. Maybe even more than that. Like you got acting. I'm threatening you- at <laughs> every <laughs> angle. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> uh, improv sketch. Acting, stand-up. What's that? Quad, quadruple. Qu- Quinn. Qu- what? Quad? Quadruple. Quad threat. is four. Yeah, so quadruple. Threat. Yeah. Probably, yeah, let's just say <laughs> you got it four things. Um, now, you got it more than, obviously. Oh, than I'm that, all right. Yeah. But do you think having that many strings to your bow is sort of essential now in the current comedy world in Australia? I kind of feel like it's the opposite. I feel like you should just get good at one <laughs> thing. Just get good at one thing. It makes things – I'm sure it would make life a bit easier and then you might – you know, edge towards being an expert in one area. Um, I, I'm, I say undisciplined and distracted because I, I feel like whatever sparks my interest at the time, that's what I throw my all my energy into. Right. Um, but then you've got to earn money. So, yeah, you know, I found it was really hard to go from doing stuff with troops where you depended on people mm. to doing anything solo. It was like such a different game for me because you could go and do stand-up gigs all around the place and you just had yourself to depend on and you kind of – you you took home the, the full thing. to say, yeah, you're not splitting that with anyone. Yeah, yeah. exactly. It was kind of – that, that was a nice realisation to go, oh, I can kind of do this by myself. Not that – and I miss – I think that's then, – then it goes full circle and then you miss hanging out with people backstage and all of your mates being around you. Yeah. But funnily enough, this year I've gone back into theatre stuff for the first time mm. since since the boat people, and then before that, Club Insomnia. <laughs> um, but I'm writing a play with uh, with my mate Phil Spencer this year um, yep. that goes on at the Griffin Theatre at the end of the year. And so, I, like, because it's two people, it's nice to be like back in a room with someone else. Mm. But I'm doing like a little bit less stand up, more emceeing things, mm. bit of hosting and stuff. Well, you just emceed all the 
ABC Up Late through yeah. the comedy festival. Oh gosh, properly lost my voice as well. Oh, did you? Yeah. That would, that would have been a great experience. You just got to come down. Was that a couple of like four Mondays? Yeah, yeah. Just yeah. Oh, three. We did, yeah, we oh, did three. Oh, it's a Saturday as well. Just, wasn't there? Yeah, it was a Saturday and two Mondays. Yeah. <laughs> Please get that right, Daniel. Um, <laughs> <laughs> Please respect my calendar. They're all up on ABC iView. <laughs> Yeah. Right now, as far as I know. Yeah, um, you don't have to watch it though, guys. No, check it out. Absolutely. <laughs> you no. do a great set. You had a great set. It was good fun. Yeah. Yeah, it was great fun. Your yeah. frigid stuff makes me laugh more than anything in the world. <laughs> Your frigid <laughs> test. I don't know why that. I think because kids used to do it to us in primary school. <laughs> It was so gross. Can't do that anymore. No, you um, cannot. Keep your fingers to yourself. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah the, the reason I ask about the – like it's the Australian comedy scene, like you, if you just do stand-up, like yeah. you, can, you can make a living if you're not a TV face. Yep. You can still make a living but it's a bit different to America where um, there's obviously – 50 times more work for yeah. a stand-up in America across It's just the a population thing. Yeah, yeah. So I feel like in Australia you do need to have a couple of strings to your bow, mm. um, yeah, to, to get a bit more – or to be able to just make a living. Yeah. Kind of thing. So, yeah, I think like you're just doing – so you've got the four things you can sort of – this year you, you took the festival off. You didn't do a show at the didn't festival. Didn't because you were writing your, your play. Yeah. Which comes out later this year, December. Yes, the December. Griffin Griffin we'll plug that again at the end of the show. <laughs> um, have you found that – I know you did Club Insomnia, and mm. this is your, and then you, you were acting in a play. Yep. This is the first one you've actually. This is my first professional, yeah. Since then. Since then. Um, has this sort of lit a bit of a fire? You, you're sort of keen to do plays more than this, or will you we'll wait and see how this one plays out? Uh, you like pun. that? <laughs> I didn't even Good mean one, that. Um, I might edit that and say something else. <laughs> no, no, no. Keep it in, keep it in. Um, yeah, I think it has lit a bit of a fire. I really like – it's a it's a diff, very different – theatre world is very different to comedy world. Um, mm. I had a full-blown panic attack at the launch of the Griffin Theatre <laughs> <laughs> last year because I was like, what am I doing here? Like they can all tell I'm just a – I, I tell dick jokes mostly. <laughs> like it's bad. Did you have a club insomnia shirt on from the merch <laughs> I, shirt from the? I never take it off. <laughs> <laughs> um, but it did. So I auditioned last year for the Sydney Theatre Company, and I got a part. And I'm more shocked than anyone else in the whole world about this. But I got a part in um, an all female production of Accidental Death of an Anarchist. Mm-hmm. And so that goes on this year, just before our play goes up. Oh, great! So I, I don't know how that happened. And I'm waiting for them to be like, we are so sorry about that email. <laughs> We've really caused a lot of trouble. Um, We've spoken to your mum and dad. <laughs> spoken to your mum and dad. They are disappointed to say the least. Yeah, so I don't, I don't know. I don't know why it's taken this turn, but it has, and it's made me really excited about it. Like yeah. I, I think getting that call from Sydney Theatre Company was the best thing that had happened in a really long time. Mm. And it's nice. Like you never, it never gets old. That feeling of making. Someone laugh when you're live on stage. Like mm. it's it's like a massive hit. Yeah. Um. So as much as the TV stuff is awesome and and definitely pays my rent, uh, <laughs> it's so nice to be on stage doing live stuff. And I don't think I'll ever stop doing that. Yeah, yeah. yeah. It's the beauty of it too. You can just go and do it. You're in, you're based in Sydney, so you can yeah. just hit up anywhere, any night, and keep and, go and, and keep do gigging. It. Yeah. yeah. It's yeah. It's just. Keeping the fingers in the pies, as I say. So many just, pies. Yeah, yeah. I need to eat less pies. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, do, you, do you enjoy any particular – anyone more than the other? Do you enjoy um, – obviously, you're spewing there for the first 12 months of stand-up. Of stand-up, You probably yeah. didn't enjoy that as much as the others. Stand-up still t- turns my stomach a little bit. Right. I don't know why. It just really does. I do, I do less and less improv these days, but all the – anything on stage is – 
makes me feel better than anything pre-recorded. Mm. I feel like I overthink it. And then because you, when you pre-record anything and then you either hear of it coming out or you see it, uh, that's, again, yuck. Yeah. Not into it. Yeah. I'm like, why, why can't that go away? <laughs> I've done my job. <laughs> why does anyone have to see it? Um, I don't know. How do you feel about that stuff? Like, do you about doing kind of TV stuff as opposed to? Oh, I haven't done too much TV but stuff. When, so. But when you see something like um, up late, go online, are you happy about it? Um, I am. I am being like being independent. Yeah, you really appreciate anything that goes to TV because yeah, yeah. it's gold for. Okay, future, so I'm an future, ungrateful piece future. of shit. <laughs> 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 no, but yeah, I, I don't. Yeah, because I'm just sort of. A lot of my eggs are in that stand-up basket. Yeah, yeah. That sort of stuff is is very handy moving forward. Um, What's going to be next for you, Daniel Connor? Well, I've actually written a play. Oh, uh, yes. <laughs> is it competing with mine yeah, yeah. at the Malthouse Theatre? at the Griffin. Uh, <laughs> oh, no. <laughs> um, yeah, I, I'm not sure. I, I just kind of keep doing this stand-up thing. I, I like to write. I've written a few little things here and there, but more TV yeah. type stuff. You've got but, to have a show. Every time yeah. I, I see your stand-up, I'm like, you've got to have a show. Yeah. Like the stuff with your grandma. Like you've got yeah. so many good stories. <laughs> so, so many good stories. Yeah. I think I'll bring it out in, in time. Yeah. 2019. Yeah. Watch this face. <laughs> Do it. Um, I actually live with a Connell, your cousin, Bridie yeah, Connell. <laughs> yeah, of course. My uh, New Zealand side of the family. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Um, she says hello. She go. She actually said to me this morning, say hello to Daniel. He'll know. Yeah. yeah, I, yeah. Like, okay. I saw her at the hi-fi bar during the comedy festival and she said, um, yeah, can you just, we're cousins, all right? And then just don't ask any questions. <laughs> just, She's dodgier than I just, am. You wouldn't yeah. think so. Just roll with it. <laughs> um, oh, yeah. So, you, you didn't really answer did I, that. Did I not answer your question? What was, was your question? Was that because you didn't want to answer? What's, your, what What's do you my favourite? What do you prefer more? I just go through phases. I don't, yeah. I don't know what I prefer more. Hmm. Um when stand-up goes well, I don't think anything feels better. Right. I love yeah. that. But then if you – yeah, I, don't, I can't answer it. I don't know you what I the like pressure most. must be different. Well, you won't know until you're watching it the mm. end of this year. The pressure must be different than something you've written and then it's in the hands of other people. Yeah. Like Club Insomnia. Yep. It's in someone else's hands and, and you're thinking, don't fuck this up, how I've written it. Oh, well, it's kind of the opposite. I'm like, oh, they've. I didn't think it would look like that. Like I'm so impressed with when you write something and then an actor takes it on and I'm like, oh, gosh, you God, you made that look good. Do you know what I mean? <laughs> Great. But this year, like yeah. uh, Phil and I are the other actors in our play. So we are, oh. we're like the, the yeah. playwrights um, and the narrators and then we become the, the two, the couple that are in the, in the, sh- in the actual play itself because we're <laughs> changing the face of yeah. theatre. Um, <laughs> we're not at all. But, uh, yeah, but I know what you mean. Like um, when you're watching someone do it, it's it's there's, there is a lot of pressure yeah. because there's no. I mean, you're hiding a little bit with stand up. It's the same thing. It's even worse with stand up because not only did you write it and you think you're funny, mm. but you get to see the immediate reaction. <laughs> oh, man, have you? Uh, uh, yeah, I won't go down that road. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I, I when we, we we mentioned our trip to. Um, our Asia, tour, our tour yeah. to Asia last year, uh, which was awesome. We went with Nath Valvo, Pajama, Pajama Men, Penny Greenhouse. Oh, what a what a lineup! So amazing. Fun. And uh, I saw I saw a side of you during a gig over there. I wanted to talk to you about. Oh no! Today. When um, I glassed that guy. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> Sorry, mate. What was going on there? <laughs> um, you you could have got to that point. Remember, we were in Hong Kong. Yes, we had a night in Hong Kong where a lot of just drunk expats oh, yes. there. 
and you it was funny like I was really laughing and we were all laughing and you just ripped into some people in the front and you just had this look in your eye that (laughs) I think must have come from the sister's how, like growing up with the sisters in yeah, the household. Yeah. Like it? I'm going to ruin you emotionally. Yeah, yeah, like? yeah. <laughs> but you just went, these guys, and you sort of gave them, and you could tell they were scared. Yeah. Where, where is that? Do you think that, you know, this scary Susie's come from, she's deep down and she just comes out in moments like <laughs> she, that? She's at the forefront, mate. <laughs> she's, she's at the front of my face every day. Um, I, I remember that night and I remember thinking, so to clarify, mm. I was the MC of that tour. Of course, yes. So yes. it's up to me to make sure that That's all of right, you guys yeah. have a good time yeah. on stage. If I stuff it up or if the audience is mm. rowdy or whatever, then you're going to have a really bad gig. Mm. Um and we're a family and I don't want to let you down. <laughs> but I remember that night they were so drunk and so rude and they were just – and they kept muttering under their breaths and then saying kind of lewd stuff out loud and I was like, oh, no. Mm. Um, but something happens to me that just yeah. – like there, it is, it's like a switch. So I, I, Yeah, we all witnessed it. I remember yeah. Nate Falva bumped me and was like, oh. He's like, yeah, stage. here she goes. Because <laughs> yeah, yeah. I'm not usually like that. A lot of my comedy when I first started stand-up was talking about being anxious, like having an anxiety disorder and, mm. and being like – um and being depressed and stuff like that like with jokes but that was the content (laughs) and then when um but when someone kind of challenges you on stage and you have to deal with hecklers Mm. oh man there is uh, there's stuff i didn't realize i had in me yeah i had an incident the other week at the comedy store well i walked on stage it was just before comedy up late and i had to do like i was testing out some material and as soon as i walked out on stage i just picked up the microphone and some woman yelled hummus at the top of her lungs what and i so red, like Thomas. I, I was. I didn't know. So I had a couple of thoughts that went through my head at once. First of all, I was like, "This is a racial slur." Yeah, you know. And everyone, no one laughed. Like the comedy store can be one of those like haha racism mm. places. Oh. Or, but if they're not on board, they just go quiet. Yeah, and everyone went silent. You didn't have your classic Hummer shirt on, did you? you I some did. Gigs? Yeah, like chick <laughs> chickpeas around the world. <laughs> no. <laughs> But I did have this thought because I've got a story about – I've got yeah. a, a chickpea story in mm. one of my shows, but no one would have known that. Like it's not – I'm not that big. No one would yeah. have known like my back catalogue of chickpea <laughs> stories. Um, so she said – she yelled it out. She ruined the room. I was like, oh, gosh, I'm going to have to deal with this. And then when everyone fell really silent, I, the switch happened, so I saw red <laughs> and I went, did you just yell out hummus? <laughs> Am I allowed to swear on this podcast? Yeah, okay. I, I did one. I put, I put explicit. Okay, good. Thing. Yeah, I want to put it on iTunes. So get ready. <laughs> All right, get ready. Here it comes. So she, I said, did you just yell hummus? And she said, yeah, and then muttered, you fuck. Like, but every, every, everyone was silent. What? And so I was like, oh, no, she's poked the bear. Yeah. <laughs> and I went, oh, um, okay, because I've got a word for you as well. And I think it's uh, a couple of words, um, racist cunt. And I just like – and then everyone <laughs> cheered and then I went – I said, actually, my mother told me not to judge people, uh, so I don't, I don't know what your background is. I'm sure that your bigotry extends past racism. You're just a cunt. And then everyone started clapping and I was like, how am I going to do my anxiety yeah. material now? <laughs> like I've ruined my you own just setup. Start, yeah. But something happens when people challenge you, especially yeah. if you're in a lineup show and you've got other people going after you. Mm. You're like, I can't ruin the room. I've got to make mm. this better. Did she say another word after no. that? Right. She didn't. And the manager, um, Jack at the comedy store, I remember he was kind of standing near her, like ready to throw her out if mm. he needed to. And he just put his hands in the air and walked back <laughs> to the <laughs> bar. He was like, it's done. Yeah. I went up to him afterwards. I was like, I'm really sorry, man. I don't know why that happened. And he was like, I do. 
<laughs> he was like, it was angry Susie came out. I was like, oh, no, it is, she exists. Yeah. That's great. It was good to know that uh, you've, from those times of taking charcoal tablets, so <laughs> yeah. now you can, that's maybe the old charcoal tablets have done that. Yeah, they've they come have. Out they've, they've, uh, now the, I just spew vitriol. Yeah. <laughs> that's all I do. No, it's, it's very good. It's it, not it, my proudest moment, let me be clear. Like, I, I oh. wish I could deal with it in kind of a, in a better way, but sometimes you've really got to, if you're going to yell out at a comedy, like show, oh, I think you've, you've got to expect something. I think you've done it exactly in Hong Kong and at the store, exactly how it should be handled. Yeah, <laughs> Thanks, it's, it's it sort of gets the once you finished it in Hong Kong, we all just sort of gave I saw the, there the, were salutes, the, the salutes everyone the, just stood and saluting the, me and the clapping, like we all sort of golf clapped up the back. Just oh like, yeah. All right, well, nearly nearly to the end of the podcast. Um, so what? So what's up next? You, so you've got your play at the end of this year. Yep. You got you. You got, got the one before that. Got the, that the, anarch- the accidental death of an anarchist. Yeah. Um, before that, uh, Rosehaven is going again. Oh, I think. great! So I've got a little. I've got a little role in Rosehaven. Season three. Season on three. ABC, yeah. Yeah. Love Luke McGregor and Celia yeah. McCullough. Um, it's good to look at. So you've played a recurring character in that. Yeah, before. I'm Jez, who runs the op shop. Oh, great! Yeah, and I have a quiff. The like, it's probably a foot high. It's getting <laughs> higher every season. <laughs> great. Um, so I've got a bit of Rosehaven, and I'm writing a, a pitch for a TV show. Oh, yeah. excellent! Uh, what is it called? Angry Susie? <laughs> yeah, <laughs> it's called The Hulk. Yeah. Um, no, it is actually uh, kind of based on when I first moved out into a share house with two New Zealanders. Ah, excellent! Yeah, yeah, that's great. Yeah. Um, when you said that, you had an angry one and a, and so a I nice sort of one. pitched them both little. Figurines either side of your shoulders, like on one either side. Oh, yeah. It was just me living by myself. Yeah. I just spoke to myself <laughs> for a year. Um, <laughs> you, you, you're spot on. You just on. gave them a Kiwi accent. So <laughs> no reason whatsoever. Um, but what about social media? Where can people find you? Uh, I'm, yeah, I'm on, I'm on Twitter and on um, the socials. On the socials, on, on Instagram. I'm getting sick of these sponsored ads. Hey, I'm going to start to sound like an old lady, but I really am. Yeah. I'm not into it. I sp- I've just sponsored a video, so I'm I can't so really get I'm so upset on. that I just said that to you. <laughs> I'm so sorry, Danielle. Hey, your show starts soon. What's up? Oh, well, this will probably come out later. Yeah, sorry, you'll have to out. cut this out. It'll come out next Tuesday when yeah. it's over. So, okay. Um, but so, your show went well. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> thanks for coming, everyone, whoever came. Yeah. Um, yeah so, what's your social media? Uh, oh, gosh, I don't know them. It's either Susie underscore Yusuf or just Susie Yusuf, all okay. of the handles. Well, yeah. I can I can check that out. Sorry, Daniel. I, I do I a thing. I do the wrap-up and then a little bit of music. Then I, do you want I, me to look it no, up? No, no, I'll, I'll, I'll find it and, okay. and do that for all the people listening. Um, well, that's it. Thanks so much for coming over Could You Way and spending uh, what's that, 40, about 50 minutes with me today. Well, th- thanks for letting me take it easy. No worries. Hope you had a good time. We'll see I you did. next time. See you, mate. Bye. Hey, thanks for listening. If you'd like to follow Susie on social media, she's on Instagram at Susie underscore Yusuf and on Twitter at Susie Yusuf. Susie is S-U-S-I-E. Yusuf is Y-O-U-S-S-E-F. If you enjoyed this podcast, please tell your friends. You can subscribe on iTunes. Uh, If any of your friends don't have iTunes, you can send them to my website, danielconnell.com.au and go to the podcast section on there. You can listen to all previous uh, 13 episodes and this one, which is 14. Uh, while you're on there, check out my gigs page on my website. Uh, it's got all my upcoming shows around the place. Come and check one of those out. And if you're on Facebook at any point, uh, check out my comedy page, which is Daniel Connell Comedy. Give that a little like to see what's coming up uh, in future episodes and what I'm up to in the gigs situation. Yeah. I've just taken quite a few cuts to 
nail this today. So I'm just going to call it there. That's going to be the winner. So you're listening to the winner because cars kept going past and I could hear them in the recording. But that's it. That's the one. So thanks for listening uh, and take it easy. I'll talk to you next time. Bye.